Hello and welcome to the Eastern Front. My name is Dalbo Rohaj and I'm a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. I'm joined by my colleague Giselle Donnelly. I'm also at AEI and Julia Zoja with Georgetown, George Washington uh, Universities and the Middle East Institute. On our podcast, we talk about the challenges to European peace and security that have erupted along a line running from the Baltic to the Black Sea, the Eastern Front, and about why those matter to the United States. Our special guest today is Rastislav Kacer, Minister of Foreign Affairs of Slovakia. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Minister, um, You've been um, in the job for less than two months now, um, and obviously you've come to the office at a very interesting and, and, and complicated time for, for Slovakia, for Central Europe, and, and indeed for Western alliances at large. Um, unlike some of the other countries of the region, uh, the issue of, 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 of the war in Ukraine and how the EU and, and the West should respond is a somewhat more divisive than, say, in Poland. There was one opinion poll which indicated that the plurality of Slovaks would apparently wish for Russia to win in the conflict. Uh, I think that that poll has to be taken with a with a grain of salt. But but certainly the um, the public opinion is not anywhere near, you know, the sort of benchmark set up by the Poles or or or, or the Estonians. Or, or 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 even even the Czechs. So, how does somebody who is committed for for the right sort of reasons to, uh, I mean, the victory of Ukrainians in this war and 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 and, and a forceful response to Russian aggression, navigate a political environment in which you really have to have very often, you know, a discussion about fairly basic questions of. You know where does where Slovakia belongs geopolitically and and who its friends and foes are. Thank you very much. First of all, thank you for inviting me, and it's a pleasure to joining again uh, the group now as the minister. And uh, if, when when you speak of of an interesting uh, of the interesting times, this is if if you if you if you if you mean it in terms of this famous Chinese curse, then I would wish uh, we have more boring time, and I'm. I feel myself uh, more on the conservative side uh, of thinking, and for conservatives, boring is good. Uh, a gradual, small step, baby step uh, evolution, it, it's a fine. It, it's producing good results uh, and strong results. And, and these types of dynamics, it's rather curse than blessing. And, and truth is that, uh, for me, there is a whole set of externalities and some set of internalities uh, which I have to fight with. And, and you're right, the time when I come, when I join in uh, the government, it's, it's rather complicated. Uh, for the externalities, you're absolutely right. The war in Ukraine is something which is so un unprecedented. And this is truly no exaggeration when we say nothing like that happens happened in, in Europe since Hitler invaded Czechoslovakia after Munich. Uh, uh, agreement. So uh, that that is nothing like that we could have imagined that a member of a permanent member of a Security Council would attack its neighbor to which he offered not long ago additional legal guarantees of its security and 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 borders 
and now they they they, they are killing uh, them and they are denying them uh, the existence. This is unthinkable, and it's happening right in our vicinity, right to our neighbor. And if even if this was not happening to our neighbor, this is such a breach of principles uh, on which we all stand. Uh, that uh, it's turning everything upside down. And for internalities, and I want to come right to your question, Slovakia is complicated, yes. Uh, the poll you, you quote, it's to me, it's absolutely unre unreliable. It's, it, it's off the hook with the wrong methodology and everything. So I, I, I really wouldn't consider it. But I want to say even those polls, uh, which are credible and which are good, are not good at the end. Because if I would look to more optimistic uh, polling, which was done by Globsec, and Globsec is doing this over the years, so we can follow the trends and we can see the trends set in more comparative mode with our neighbors and some other European countries. First of all, Slovakia is not standing very well and trend overall is not good. So both things are disturbing. In Slovakia, on the question whether you support uh, Russia or Ukraine, uh, there was about 49% supporting uh, Ukraine and about 19% supporting Russia. Even that 19% to me is extremely high uh, given the gravity of what's going on and to me a black and white, a very clear thing what's going on. So 19 is disturbing. And when you look into internal politics about the division of labor, well, we will be running for the elections, even if it's regular elections, not an early elections, in a little over one year. So we will see more temptation for populism. And this is not a unique thing for Slovakia. Some politicians saying, we see it in the US Congress now, you know, whether we should keep uh, an equal support to Ukraine as we've been doing. And Slovakia was supporting very strongly, etc. So we will face a whole set of challenges. And comparing Slovakia, we are vulnerable, we are geostrategically vulnerable, we are a small country in the middle of a sensitive region compared to Poles, uh, 40 million versus 5, uh, militarily uh, absolutely uh, atrophied uh, in, in this sense, uh, and uh, the public views uh, divided, uh, we checks are a little more, a uh, little better on this, not, not, not dramatically, but still a little better. The dynamics in Hungary is very bad, uh, thanks to the rhetoric and actions of the government. Well, you know, probably Bulgaria is worse, uh, Greece probably is worse in the public opinion poll. But to me, and I will finish uh, with this, to me, it's really a little part of mystery that for us, with the lesson of 68 Soviet Union invasion, with the lesson of 20 years of occupation, with all the historical lessons we've been through, we still have 19% of Slovaks who would wish victory of Moscow. That, that's, that, that's dazzling and it's puzzling. Minister, I'm wondering if you, how you see this um, evolution of um, Slovak public opinion through this war, because I remember being shocked at the beginning of war, really in the early days, that in Slovakia um, similar results were found in terms of public opinion leaning, as, by the way, mm. in East Germany, and it was almost split. Um, 43 44% of Slovaks mm. consider that NATO is responsible for this war. And so we're now only eight months later, and 
Um, I'm an adamant criti um, criticizer of pro-Russian sentiments remaining across the eastern flank, but it seems to me that if we are to compare these two polls just two month, just a few months away, the situation is actually pretty stunning. And the way I have interpreted that initially in the case of Slovakia and others comparatively, of course, the Czech Republic a bit more, is that Slovak leadership and Czech leadership and others in the region, even Bulgaria, the initial mm -hmm. leadership, mm -hmm. have punched above their weight. And despite not having a public opinion that was favorable to supporting Ukraine militarily, mm. Um, mm. particularly unlike in Poland or the Baltic countries, they they have still managed. And now I, I see basically through these polls that they've managed to even change public opinion, something that, for instance, outside of the EU in Moldova, despite having a very pro-Western government, it's a lot harder. The government has been trying to change public opinion. It was just as split, if not even worse. Um, but the effects have been very limited, also due to the fact that Russian propaganda has remained through some ties, whereas in the on EU territory, with the, the big exception of Hungary, mm. we have not um, we we've benefited from from more of a ban so i'm wondering if you can comment on all of this and maybe make some predictions in terms of how you see this public opinion in slovakia and perhaps even regionally evolving in light of what you're saying yourself and what we've been wondering here on the Eastern Front um, as well, and that is winter is coming. It's becoming a bit of an oxymoron to say it, and public opinion is doomed to reduce its support according to what we know history because it's going to be a cold winter, high prices, etc. And of course, here in the United States, as you point out, we have very soon midterms. So Looking ahead, are you optimistic or pessimistic when it comes to Slovak and regional support for Ukraine? Some people call me I'm paranoid, so all the options you're giving me, that's not that bad at the end. It's good analysis what 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 do you conclude? And I'm there is a lot of it's totally a grain of truth. Uh, truth is that what you call that we've been punching about our weight. Uh, in terms of uh, leadership, there is something about this. Uh, and I got a good memory of that because when uh, government of Vladimir Mechiar here, you know, the authoritarian attempter failed and uh, during the government came to power in 98, uh, I was in and I was responsible for NATO and uh, we got only 28% public support for NATO accession of Slovakia, so which was very low. 28%. At the time, government uh, didn't get scared by it, but uh, it, we started to lead the public opinion. And uh, on the time when we got the invitation, the the, uh, the support for NATO was uh, over 50%, 52 54%. So public opinion is one thing, but I think the parliamentary democracy as a system, it is it means that we are supposed to elect in case of Slovakia, 150 out of us, out of five and a half million. And we give them the trust that they are clever and smart enough to lead the nation for what is the best for the country. 
And I think uh, this is the essence of politics. Uh, uh, those who are in charge, they should know what is good for the country and persuade the rest. Uh, and sometimes even go uh, against uh, the, the stream, against, uh, against the mood uh, here. That's why, for example, there is a stipulation in law about the referendum that issues related to national security or taxation cannot be subject of uh, um, popular decision-making of, of, of referendum votes uh, because it can easily be manipulated uh, populistically. So it's a hard thing, uh, it, it's a hard reply to what you say. Uh, here we see damage of uh, public opinion still by the communism and it's shocking that uh, Communism was here only for 40 years, and now we are over 30 years free. So roughly, you know, in a short time, we will have the same time living in freedom as a part uh, of as part of the political West. Would be equal time as we were part of the communist regime, but still the, how to say, the, the, the deformities, uh, the ab abnormalities, uh, what we feel in, in the approach of people still persist. Uh, so here is a question mark probably for another people than diplomats. Uh, why this is so? Uh, the only remedy is to uh, have politics with courage who will keep supporting uh, the public views because we see temptation of populism. Uh, and now we can speculate to what part of positions of some other countries are, are driven, you know, speak, we, we were speaking of Hungary, whether this is only a simple populism or there is a strategic concept behind uh, the behavior. Or in some cases, you've got government who, who's got clear strategic vision and anchor and they are fighting uh, the public opinion so they don't lose completely. To me, good news uh, was Germany because we were expecting worse. Uh, when we saw, when we look at previous governments and previous actions, uh, we in Central Europe, where we were, we were expecting uh, much worse. And now, when I was meeting uh, my colleague Annalena, I when I praised her because this was uh, we were meeting, uh, we got Tetra uh, Tetra's meeting after uh, Foreign Affairs Council, and I said, uh, and she said during the Foreign Affairs Council, no uh, deals behind Ukrainian back will be accepted and we will firmly stand that only those uh, solutions which are acceptable for Ukraine will be acceptable for us. And I said, well, this is what we want to hear. This is what we need to hear. This was an excellent point and I want to thank you for that. And she turned to me a surprising face and she said, why, why are you all from Central Europe and Central and Eastern Europe from Baltics and you, you, you praise me for this? They, 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 well, it's normal what I'm saying. <laughs> I said, well, but <laughs> we didn't expect this from you even short time ago. You know, so, um, you know, <laughs> The, the point you're making, I think, it doesn't apply only to countries of Central Europe. It, it, it's a phenomena when you will look at those, those who are geographically more to the West, they were even more inclined to think, you know, this, this doesn't concern us. Why, why we should be concerned at all? This is, we got those somewhere in the East, they should be concerned. We don't care about this. And now, now we see that mobilization in Germany and even Greens, uh, defending uh, the or, or lobbying for deliveries of weapons, uh, which would be unthinkable. If you ask me uh, half a year ago, I would say lunacy. And now we have it. So 
we see mixed dynamics here. Poland, it's an exceptional case. Baltics, it's it's ex- it's an exceptional case. But in Slovakia, I'm mixed, you know, optimistic, pessimistic. I, it's extremely hard to predict. Even if I was betting my money, I, I don't know how I would predict. This will very much depend about on the evolution of, of things in Ukraine. Uh, this will depend how our neighbors will behave. This will depend... Uh, how Czechs will approach the election of new president, uh, what kind of debate will be there, uh, truly what winter will bring, because there were some gloomy predictions, or the rhetoric was uh, the rhetoric used was quite pessimistic, which might not be at the end uh, that bad thing, because if things do not turn up that pessimistically as it was portrayed, people could say, okay, okay, this is not so bad as we expect, accept it. We come to the point where we where where this is extremely hard uh, to make any predictions but the good thing is that dynamics of public views was not bad in slovakia since conflict started and until today it's rather shifting for 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 more positive uh, more positive expectations for victory of ukraine at the beginning i think slovaks were more pessimistic that ukraine can win this propaganda of unbeatable Red Army uh, and these spectacular weapons, what they had in inventory and these miraculous Russian defense technology. And people were saying before, you know, Russia can be shitty in many ways, but they are absolutely fabulous in the, in this uh, military, techno- military technology like nobody else. And boom, here we see, you know, machine guns uh, from World War One. And the technology which is shooting you know that you know this is like you buy a gun and you don't know whether you you are going to shoot your own eye off or you're going to shoot a deer this is kind of military technology so it seems like ukrainian bravery and our support is is paying it's bringing fruits not only that ukraine can stand uh, their own ground but also that we gain more self-confidence but truth is that Russian Infowar is extremely well targeted uh, and they do very well and for little money they got very efficient. Uh, this is bang for bucks. Uh, it, it's absolutely great for them. You kind of have described the situation in the United States as well as in Slovakia in terms of um, a, a number of things. Um, but it's always good for pollsters to be reminded that energetic and principled leadership moves polls and that also results on the battlefield move Mm, polls too. I think it would be difficult to imagine uh, that if the Ukrainians continue to enjoy success, particularly uh, after Europe can pat it on itself for surviving the winter and there's greater Ukrainian success in the spring, you know, it's easy to imagine that the the tide will turn sort of in a positive way more more permanently. I have one last question to ask about the polls before we open the conversation more broadly. And that is, if there are demogra- demographic distinctions that you're aware of in the polling, I think mm-hmm. particularly according to age and so on and so forth, but I, I don't want to lead the witness, but but genuinely ask if you can see either generational or other distinctions in public opinion attitudes that are reflected in the polls. 
Yes, there is correlations, uh, absolutely. Uh, by age, uh, not surprisingly, uh, younger you are, more supportive of Ukraine you are. So in the, in, in the age group, uh, 18 to 30 years old, uh, the support for Ukraine would bring up around 80%. Uh, so in, uh, it's quite clear. Uh, and then there is a group of over 60, and even <laughs> even there was a, there was a, a, a slice uh, with people over 80, uh, and in this group of 80, uh, it's pro-Russian. Um, so it, it's clear shift, and I, I don't think it's surprising. Another thing which is a little more disturbing uh, with the younger generation is that uh, in, the, in the age group uh, 25 to 35, that was quite a, a high number of those who were a little negligent on the issue. So ask the question, they would reply kind of in the way, I don't care. And uh, this is a little disturbing. So uh, you see uh, the the younger generation being much stronger and uh, and more naturally anchored in what well, what I would call in the Western values, and not in in the, in the Russian shitstorm, but uh, but also a little naive, uh, a little negligent uh, in the in the kind of approach. You know, what was pushed also when, when I was in the United States, this was with kids in the school, like think positively and, and, and then everything will be fine because the key uh, to your success in life is that you think positively and everything will turn up well at the end. And this kind of approach with the younger generation that only positive thinking and, 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 and not taking care uh, will 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 solve things, all this will rotten out well at the end, and things end at the end well, like in the fairy tale, that's too strong in the young generation. That feeling that we don't have to care because things anyway will end up well for us and we shouldn't care how it ends for somebody else. That negligence is is present in the younger generation, and that disturbs me a little bit. Of course, there is correlation with education. Uh, uh, more educated, more seated weather you are, uh, more inclined you are to support uh, Ukraine. More rural, less educated, more prone you are for for Russian propaganda, etc., etc. So there is no surprise uh, in in polling as you would slice it uh, sociologically. I would like to widen the aperture just a, just a little bit, in part because you already brought up Germany and and had you know kind words for 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 for, for the German government, including um, its, its 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 foreign minister. It strikes me that Ukraine cannot succeed in this war without Western support, uh, and we've seen significant amounts of military aid provided by the United States and and other countries and and perhaps one of the sources of of frustration that people both in Eastern Europe Central Europe and in the United States have with Germany is that the German government seemed to have been dragging its feet on 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 on, on this issue of, of 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 military assistance and although you know the rhetoric always very often is spot on you know the Announcement of Zeitenwende in in hours within 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 the uh, Russian invasion. Um, I mean, the, the the actions sometimes leave quite a bit to 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 be to be desired. So, from 
your conversations with your European colleagues, especially with your with your German colleagues, what is the sense that you have of you know this this sort of urgency around helping Ukraine through all means necessary to win this war? You know, can this momentum be sustained? Is it weakening? One hunch that we have is is that it's almost as if both the Biden administration and some larger European countries were trying to fine tune the level of assistance in a way that helps Ukrainians sort of succeed marginally on the battlefield without really inflicting too much damage on the Russians that could invite further escalation on the side of Russians. And and we don't see this as a particularly wise course of action, but I'm interested more in, in, in mm. your, what, what your thoughts mm. on the subject are. Well, uh, I will start where you finished, and this is the fear of escalation, uh, and this is clear, and this is not only German, this is, I think, general. On, on the scale of what I observe, the fear of escalation, it's not weaker or not smaller on the US side. Probably even, I feel, uh, more fear of escalation on the US side than any other European side. Uh, should I compare the say, Germany and the U.S., I would say my impression is that the U.S. is, is fears more of the escalation, potential escalation, uh, and then Germany, frankly, if I, if I should be very honest. On, on Germany, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely positively surprised, not by only rhetoric since the beginning, but also over gradual evolution of support, because at the beginning they were more shy on some of the lethal technology assistance, uh, but it's been growing into very robust uh, support, uh, including uh, high-tech uh, air defense uh, technologies and and truly heavy heavy weaponry and precise uh, precise uh, ammunition, etc., etc. And it's climbing into this matter of curiosity. Uh, into conflicts uh, with Switzerland, uh, where Swit- uh, they were uh, they w- they wanted to supply uh, ammunition, which was bought from Switzerland, and Switzerland put uh, these clothes, uh, anti-export clothes. We use it sometimes also in exports of our defense. So you s- you s- you sell something to a country, and on license you put a. a, 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 a anti-export uh, clause. So if you export what you bought from them, you need to ask for for permission. And now they wanted to uh, ship uh, the ammunition from Switzerland, and Switzerland denied uh, the permission. Uh, they didn't give them uh, the permission, which resulted in the conflict and Germany complained how they dare. So, you know, you see, this is an, an, an immense shift with the German thinking in particular from Greens and Socialists, uh, what, what, what you would expect it. So if you ask me, I think Germany, we, we need to praise and, and positively encourage Germany to sustain the approach. How this will be in Bundestag, what kind of debate will be as, as you follow your own debate in the Congress. And uh, on the Hill, that debate might get complicated in, in time coming. Uh, from afar, if, you know, here from Central Europe, it, it looks complicated uh, already, and uh, we expect complications coming. And in Germany, we see some little shadows uh, in the debate, but still, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm here, I'm really optimistic. None of us, none of us will be completely resistant uh, for these kind of 
populist temptations, none of us. And this will very much uh, be uh, the challenge how we will go through potential crisis uh, in in prices of electricity and, and gas. If we will swim uh, across sanely, uh, and it seems, I'm, here I'm optimistic, here I'm optimistic. I would want to have more European solution, which will, well, it's complicated. I, I, I don't want to start this because it will be another five minutes of what, I, what I'll be saying. So if, if, we, if we safely, um, yeah. Only five. five. <laughs> uh, um, if we will swim safely, um, via through this uh, potential energy crisis, uh, I think it will help to keep the support and unity uh, in politics. But there will be a lot of temptation in a number of countries. Uh, but Germany, it, it, it's a nice surprise. It, it's something uh, worth praise. Minister, I think um, we won't be able to keep you infinitely, but um, I want to ask you something that I've asked before um, on one of our recent podcasts, and it seems to be maybe fitting into looking into the future, and that is what keeps you up at night. Is it the midterms in the United States and whether we will continue to maintain a majority in support of Ukraine that has in real numbers been more crucial than anything else in this conflict? Is it the energy crisis this winter? The EU seems to be doing fine, but look just next door at Moldova and Ukraine um, and the things get really bad, including for neighboring countries such as Slovakia, Romania, etc. Or is it in the long term because we have started with a premise of we don't know how long this war is going, but we're already in the what many people consider long and it's not going to end soon. And so, you know, we're looking at even the next winter where we're completely unplanned. We filled storage in the EU with Russian gas this winter. Um, I don't know to what extent next winter won't be even more worrying. So, here are a few, you know, very pessimistic scenarios. Um, out of those, which one do you pick? This is a blend of all what you say. Uh, what I'm, what's in my mind uh, almost every night before I sleep. And truly, this is a reality. Sometimes I even wake up uh, at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning and having this mishmash in my head. Uh, and then I cannot sleep for one more hour. I'm afraid that this is going to this is going to be a, a tiring, uh, long conflict, a playing on our nerves. And um, it seems like uh, Putin got in the in the very narrow street on which there is no turn possible, no U-turn uh, is possible. That bothers me. That that is uh, that is a bad thing. And the in the country, uh, I don't see any strong and credible movement which would oppose i rather see those who are even more hawkish than he would be and who would rather want to show the strength and correct the weakness or inefficiency truth is that they can correct the weakness and inefficiency only in escalating in the way which will be very bad because they don't have anything very much more at the disposal than nuclear weapons, and I'm still having a nightmare uh, what this kind of escalation uh, will mean and what this kind of uh, NATO involvement 
involvement is mean, etc. So there is, uh, on the short term, of course, this uh, unity, uh, keeping the EU unity, uh, keeping the esprit, like they call the French l'esprit de corps. Uh, this will be this will be crucial, but still. This winter probably it's not going to be that dire as as, as there are the predictions. I'm 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 more optimistic uh, about how we will swim through this winter. If it's not unexpectedly cold or anything unexpected happens, then we will get through this winter. But then you are right. You know maybe next winter will be true challenge. And also this will be already how long? You know uh, in the war this will be this will be a long wearing conflict uh, and Russia is not here to to give up on that and I have whole plethora of bad scenarios which can happen then for country like Slovakia in the middle of Europe uh, well uh, we we don't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel and if, if I would look what scenarios we do have I have some bad, bad scenarios I have some uh, rather gloomy scenarios. I have some quite horrible scenarios. I have some some nightmare scenarios, and that's it. I don't have any particularly good scenario at the moment, uh, frankly. Um, so if we end up with only bad scenarios, uh, that's pretty good takeaway. Oh, my goodness. It's such an Eastern Front moment. <laughs> I was going to add to the gloom by suggesting that if there isn't a good result on the battlefield in the coming year, that it won't be an energy crisis next time around. It'll be a larger economic crisis. Um, but I, 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 I defer to somebody with an even darker outlook to me uh, than, than me. So instead of being little Miss Sunshine, uh, <laughs> perhaps we will, for once, end on a dark note, Dalibor, unless you can rescue us. I don't know, like it strikes me that the outcome of the war is to a large extent influenced by our choices. Mm. I do believe that with the right sort of military assistance to, to, to Ukraine, I mean, they can yes. drive the Russians out. And yes, Russia is going to remain a problem going forward. And, and we have to do what it takes to deter Russians from ever trying this again. Uh, but, but I think there is an upside scenario, which, I mean, just requires the West unified as it is and, 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 and with resolve that it has already shown to, to just, yeah, just yeah. step up. I, I would agree. I just say the, the window is not uh, eternally open. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you know, I don't want to sound that this is a pessimism until the end of the world. Uh, not at all. I think at the end, we can come, I mean the West, uh, we can come out uh, stronger uh, out of all of these conflicts and Ukraine can win. I'm, I'm very confident that Ukraine can win and I'm, I'm confident that Ukraine will win at the end. What I'm just saying, uh, all of with my gloomy uh, note, was that the process uh, which will lead uh, until, will lead to Ukraine complete freedom and victory can be very complicated and a gloomy one with lots of collaterals on the way and will require a lot of patience. And I'm not saying it's undoable. It's doable, but we need to get ready for a very, very complicated, unpredicted, uh, painful process out of which whole West can come out stronger 
but may not, may even not. They may, they may be truly horrible scenarios. So what I meant with a bad scenario at the end, it's good end, uh, a stronger, more united Europe, uh, European Union, I mean, and, and a more consolidated uh, um, victorious Ukraine with Marshall Plan slowly recovering country back on the track. Uh, uh, but with a lot of collateral damage on its way. That is the bad scenario. When I was speaking of truly gloomy and nightmare scenario, uh, well, I don't think they are going to happen, but might happen, because we should, I think, give up our uh, mood and set up that everything will end up always nicely. No, when we look back in the history, history is full of dead end roads and bad endings. We just tend not to remember those. So they say that uh, prophets... Don't make predictions, but rather mm. issue warnings. So on this podcast, I think you have played the role of a prophet. <laughs> I I want to, you know, I want my con- warning be a constructive one. I always say, people say you're pessimist. I say no, you you're wrong. I'm alarmist. So I'm alarming people to action. You know. Okay. Good. On this proactive note, I think it's time to relieve you and let you get back to your important work yeah thank you from my friends and me Dalibor Rohaj thank you for listening to the Eastern Front a podcast dedicated to security challenges that have erupted along the line from the Baltic to the Black Sea many thanks to our special guest Rastislav Kacher you can find more episodes and additional content on our website AI.org Apple Podcasts Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts Please do get in touch with us on Twitter using the hashtag Eastern Front Pod, written as one word. Don't forget to sign up for the Eastern Front newsletter through the link including in, included in the show notes to receive more content from the Eastern Front team. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. Thank you, and goodbye.